Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. To race in front of a standing room only crowd, you're not human. heads to upstate New York for one of the most exciting weekends of the year. Welcome to NASCAR America, everybody. Carol Lamano and Parker Kligerman with you. Let's look at the three biggest storylines heading into Watkins Glen. Let's get right into it. Martin Truex Jr. looking for his third consecutive win on a road course. The reigning cup champion won last year at the Glen and this past June at Sonoma. NASCAR expecting its fourth straight Cup Series sellout at one of the most unique tracks on the circuit. Watkins Glen offers arguably the best track atmosphere that you will find all year long. And how strong is Sunday's field? Here's an indication for you. Ten different drivers in the field have a road course win on their resume. No surprise, the big three have the best odds to grab another win this weekend as they have combined to win 76% of the races this season. Kyle Busch has the best odds and is the only active driver with multiple wins at the track. Brad Kozlowski has the best odds among drivers without a win this season. And with that, we are going to play a little game called buying or selling. You ready Ooh, for this? Interesting. Let's start I with do Brad this on eBay all the time. Yeah, exactly. This is an eBay game that we're playing. Are you buying that Brad Kozlowski is the driver outside of the big three with the best opportunity to get a win this weekend? Yes, I'm buying. And the reason being is that he is incredible at Watkins Glen. For everything he does wrong, maybe at Sonoma and can't seem to figure out about around that tight technical road course, he's that good at Watkins Glen. It's incredible watching him go around there. And I think it's just really a place that suits his style. You know, he's an incredible oval racer, and we see this a lot with Watkins Glen, where guys who maybe don't have the best road course background or maybe can't figure out Sonoma seem to be great at Watkins Glen and Brad fits that template because his driving style is about carrying speed it's about momentum and it's all the things that you do at Watkins Glen to find speed and it's very much more like an oval than a road course in a lot of ways and your equipment matters and he is great at maximizing equipment working with his crew chief Paul Wolf to get that car the best it can be in the places it needs to be good to make speed. Listen, you can't get away from this big three storyline. It's not going anywhere. It's been here all year long. But other drivers, in addition to Brad Kozlowski, have been mentioned as that fourth best driver. Kyle Larson's been mentioned. Clint Boyer has been mentioned by Jeff Burton, most recently one of our analysts. You have always maintained that you believe that it is, in fact, Brad Kozlowski. Why do you continue to feel that way? It's multiple reasons I've, I've tabbed the, the two car to be that fourth best car. And it really goes to some statistics. Right now, they seem to be the fourth fastest car a lot of times in many of the statistics over the course of the season. Also, I look at some of the things they do pitch strategy-wise. They are the most innovative with pitch strategy. And when they don't have a car that's the best or a car that's maybe even not a top 10 car, they find a way to steal track position. And they do it time after time. 
Another driver that's looking for his first win of the year is Denny Hamlin. He's been a step behind his teammate at Joe Gibbs Racing, Kyle Busch. Recently, this is the explanation that Hamlin offered. Essentially, what he's saying, you can read the full quote, but when you sum it up, he believes that execution has been the biggest difference between him and Kyle Busch. And he also noted how good Busch has been getting the most out of his car, even when it's not capable of winning. That's something that DJ said on the show this week. Listen, he doesn't have the best car and he has found a way to get it done. But are you buying or selling the fact that execution is the difference in performance between Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch? I'm not going to make many friends here at the Denny Hamlin camp, but I'm selling this, and I'm going to tell you why. His crew chief, Mike Wheeler, told me the same thing just a couple weeks ago, that they, they found the speed. They're right there at the 18. It just comes down to execution and being able to get to victory lane, but I kind of go back to the fact that the 18 is obviously found in X Factor, where it's incredible that he is going up against cars that are vastly faster at times, being the 70 or the four and finding a way to get in victory lane and that goes above execution that goes to things that you're just doing as a driver inside that car finding ways to, to steal spots on a restart that comes down to, to pulling different strategies and really knowing exactly what you and your crew chief are going to do that car over the course of a race and the 18's doing that but I wouldn't solely put that on execution you know execution to me is nailing pit stops and maximizing the strategy in some respects but really getting the nitty gritty of the decision making within the team over the course of a race, I think that comes down to just racing and finding a little bit of speed. And so I believe the 18 has that X factor that's different than just saying it's execution. You don't think all that falls under the umbrella of execution? No, I think Even decision making? You really yeah, do? Yeah, I really think it's different. I think there's there's different things there. That's chemistry. That's that's the X factor of, of you two working together and really knowing. What, I listened to Kyle Busch and Adam Stevens at New Hampshire, and they were doing incredible amounts of changes in that car to get him into position to possibly win that race. And I just don't see other teams making that level of adjustment and having trust in each other to make those adjustments. I just don't think the 11 team is right there in terms of doing those things and really stepping outside the box to put themselves in position to win. And they, they really, if they're bringing the same speed as the 18, then they're going to have to find that little bit to beat them. Okay, fair enough. Let's look at some odds for some additional drivers and, and discuss sure. who else could be a factor. So if you look at this... The notable drivers here, Pocono was the closest that Daniel Suarez has been to earning a win at the cup level. He finished in second. This week, he's a bit of a long shot. He's 40-1. to 1. A.J. Allmendinger, pretty favorable odds. But I wonder, is that inflated by past results on road courses or if he's really a viable threat to grab a win this weekend? So what are you buying as it relates to A.J. Allmendinger or selling? You know, well, Do you think that he is, in fact, a threat? First of all, I'm going to buy those odds because those are great odds. <laughs> I take that any day, 25 to one for Allmendinger to win at a road course. But I'm going to sell but on think saying, about it. Think well, about yeah, it I'm going to sell on saying he's a threat because, look, there the Watkins Glen has become a place that's so fast and with the repave has become so car dependent at times. Unlike Sonoma, where AJ Allmendinger, as one of the best road course racers or the best road course racer in the Cup Series, can make up so much in the deficiencies between his equipment to some of the best equipment in the field. I don't see him being able to do that Watkins Glen to the level of being able to just straight up say he could win on speed. Can he get a top 10 or solidly be a top five car? Yes, I believe wholeheartedly he will be in the top five because of the talent he has on a road course. But if you're going to say that he's going to go up to Watkins Glen and just simply be faster than the 18, the 78, or the four, no, I don't see it. But those are the expectations that are seemingly placed on, on him. And I wonder, you know him, you've spoken with him, spent time with him. 
the pressure to perform must just be enormous. I mean, he is immediately tagged as the road course ringer, the guy that's supposed to show up and just get it done. He is expected to race in the Xfinity Series this weekend. Does that alleviate any pressure for him? I don't think so. I actually spoke to him about that. He's excited about jumping in the Xfinity Series. He uh, you know, feels like that's a cool opportunity to just get more track time and something he hasn't been able to do in recent years. But I would say the thing is for him, yes, the pressure is immense, and that team puts so much emphasis on these races. Sonoma and this because they say they need to maximize these races but that doesn't mean winning you know for that race team in a lot of ways just getting top fives can be a huge day for that race team so I think that alleviates the pressure a little bit and if you you look back to Noma there was more pressure on him there than there is this weekend does he like the pressure just yeah quickly? he loves, he loves the pressure so. all right let's pull up a scouting report of an additional driver to watch this Sunday that you may or may not be thinking about fansided.com oh recently who's posted this guy? on the lack of a road course ringer <laughs> in Sunday's field take note of this Parker Clickerman is quote kind of Sort of a ringer. Are you buying? I've never been described so well in my entire life, and I don't know if it'll ever happen again. You're kind of, sort of a ringer. I'm just kind of, sort of anything. Kind of, sort of an analyst on the show. Kind of, sort of a race car driver. I am am full on making a purchase (laughs) for Parker Clickerman. Are you buying or selling? The kind of, sort of? Uh, We'll get into that maybe later in the fantasy segment. Oh, okay. We'll see, yeah. You're going to put yourself in the garage or maybe pick yourself to win? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I'm Um, looking forward to getting there, though. Oh, okay. All right. Um, By the way, all new episode of the Dale Jr. Download on the way. 5.30 Eastern people. Jr. welcomes an old running buddy from his childhood at the track. He has great stories to tell, so make sure you stick around for that. That is not too far away. Still to come, though, on the show, Xfinity Series star Christopher Bell says he is ready to move up to the Cup Series. But should his boss, Joe Gibbs, and the Toyota camp be worried about that? Parker's take when NASCAR America continues. We're just getting started. Stay with us. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Parker, you ready to pull out your fall wardrobe? It is my girlfriend's favorite season. Football is back already. The NFL preseason begins tonight in Canton, Ohio. The Bears facing the Ravens in the Hall of Fame game. That is tonight at 8 Eastern, only on NBC. What I love about racing is being able to compete and knowing that you're the best one that day. He goes on the spin and win at Kentucky. I thrive on the fact of beating people and being the best. David beats Goliath. Christopher Bell wins. Oh, yeah. Christopher Bell will win three in a row. On Saturday at Watkins Glen, Christopher Bell can tie Sam Ard's record of four consecutive Xfinity Series wins. The future is bright for the 23-year-old sensation, but yesterday, Bell and his boss, Joe Gibbs, had a difference of opinion when it came to what that future should be. We're kind of set next year. We want to keep him in Xfinity next year. I think he may have a chance to race a few other things, but I think that's kind of our plan. But a year away, a lot can happen in a year, and we're just glad that we've got him under our banner. Going into next season, I'm, I am set for another year of Xfinity, and there are no holes in the cup side, so that's what makes it difficult. But as far as what I need, honestly, I don't feel like I need another year of Xfinity. Um, I, I think the best way for me to win at the cup level is to get there and start trying at it. I'm 23 years old. I feel like I'm at my prime, and I, I don't want to waste another year if the opportunity comes to, to make the jump. Christopher Bell cannot make it much more clear <laughs> yeah. what he's interested in doing. 
He's had a lot of success this year. Are you surprised by the direct line that he took? Well, I'm pro racing driver, so I'm going to go on his side with this one and say that I love the confidence. I love that he, you know, basically did not shy away from the fact that he is very confident in his abilities and feels like he is at a cup level bit of talent right now. He's beat two of the best in the business the last couple weeks in terms of winning the Xfinity Series against Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski. And I think it's a good thing for him to do to let people know that he feels he's ready because these opportunities are so few and far between. And, and the, the thing is, you know, a driver that's trying to make that move up, it's, it's one thing to say, oh, maybe I'll just listen and everyone will take care of me. It's another thing to let people know throughout the sport, I'm ready. I'm here. I'm doing big things and I know I'm ready. And I think that's a big statement for him to make. And when I look back at my own career, one of the things I probably regret the most was being a little bit too loyal at times and, you know, letting people take care of me when I felt they were and maybe not looking out for myself enough. And so I think what he's doing here in a lot of ways is looking out for himself. And I like that. I think he should. He's he's do, he's incredible. He's setting records and he's doing what he's what he's put on the racetrack to do. And that's win races. Is it is it savvy to contradict the thoughts of a man like Joe Gibbs with so much at stake? I mean, truly. Uh, you know, I'm not going to call it savvy, but I would say that, you know, few times in a sport do we see a young driver come in uh, that is able to win this quickly and able to beat some of the best and able to show very quickly that they are cup caliber. And so I just believe that you you get that opportunity so few times in your career. And, you know, one thing you look at is if he goes on and he wins more races this year and he wins the championship and then he's in Xfinity again next year and it doesn't go the way that he hopes, you know, you go from hero to zero very quickly in the sport. And so I think he's been smart to say, look, I am ready. I'm here and he has that confidence and I don't want to take that away from him. I don't want him to shy away from being a confident race car driver. How much of it is the fact that he's 23 years old he has strung a number of wins together and has a chance to put a fourth consecutive win in the Xfinity Series down this weekend. When you look at the fact that he's 23, a guy like Kyle Larson moving up to the Cup Series at the age of 21, a number of young guns behind him. I mean, do you think there's an urgency on his part in addition to the confidence that I need to make this happen now? I think so, and I think he looks at guys like Kyle Larson and thinks, you know, he made the jump pretty early, and it wasn't a huge jump for him. You know, he he's comes from a similar path. He's big, good friends with Kyle Larson, and I think when he looks at that, he says, look, I'm doing the same things Kyle was or more, and now if I'm to move up and I'm in good equipment, how hard can it be? And I think that's a great way for him to look at it, and sure enough, he'll find out the Cup Series is pretty hard, but <laughs> it's the right mentality. All right, we'll see if we can put everything to the side this weekend as it relates to his future, because there is work at hand in the Xfinity race on Saturday over on NBC. And after that, it's the latest episode of Kyle and Rutt's Racing Roots on NBC. It features reigning Cup Series champ Martin Truex Jr. Here is a sneak peek of what you'll see this weekend. 12 years in the Cup Series and his roller coaster career is finally reaching the peak. So Mayetta is you basically a, a small town. All right, so there's a state, state, then there's, there's a, a county, a county then there's and then there's a, a township, township, and then there's a town. Everything's slippery. Your waves, you're bouncing around, and you're standing there, and you're running this shoot. Yeah, he'd give us those to go to the go-kart track every weekend. So we'd stop here on our way to the track, and he'd give us those to put in the cooler so we had some food to eat at the track. In August of 2014, I was diagnosed with stage 3C ovarian cancer. We had a lot of doctors tell us that I wasn't going to survive five years. We're donating to Novant Health. $1.2 million. I mean, if you look at my story and you see where I came from, the chances of me getting to where I'm at are really, really slim. 
cannot wait to see that on Saturday. In the meantime, drivers have a lot to worry about at Watkins Glen, including where to pass and how to defend. And Parker's going to show us how it's done when he gets into the simulator. That's next on NASCAR America. Coming up later tonight, East meets West as both divisions of the NASCAR K&N Pro Series face off in their annual combination race at Iowa Speedway. It all starts at 6 Eastern right here on NBCSN. Such a great moment in New York State's racing history. East Northport Steve Park winning at Watkins Glen back in 2000. Park is one of 11 New York drivers to earn a win in the Monster Energy Cup Series. And with that, we continue our look at the Empire State with Five Mile Point Speedway. It's located east of Binghamton. Five Mile Point was built back in 1951. It's been owned by the same family for 68 consecutive years, and drivers such as Mario Andretti, Ken Schrader, and Stuart Friesen have competed there. In fact, Friesen, who is now in the Camping World Truck Series, won several track championships there in Modifieds, and we expect more great racing this weekend at Watkins Glen. And Parker stepped into the NBCSN iRacing Simulator to show us the keys to success at this world-renowned road course. Right, Carolyn, here we are heading into the second last corner, and I'm at the back of the pack. We're basically under green right now, and I want to talk about passing and then defending. So how do you make a pass? Well, coming out of this final corner, it's about how you get that run out of there onto the front stretch that's going to allow you to do this. Get beside another car and outbreak them into turn one. Don't lock those rear tires, which is really easy to do as you downshift into second. Don't get into the car that's in front of you. That's really easy to do as well. And now it's about getting the run into the S's. No one's really going to pass into the S's. That's really hard to do. But you will find yourself single file and trying to get the run on the exit to the cars in front of you. It's all about getting the power down on this last portion of the S's. Now you've got the draft in front of you. Up to fourth gear so fast down this back stretch, over 170 miles an hour into the inner loop. Down to third gear, second gear, that's another pass done. You're not going to go too wide in here. It just won't work. Now, the second place or third place you're going to pass is how you get through the carousel right here. This is where you want to get through the center, but don't overrush it, which is easy to do. It's all about the exit. And once you get a good exit like we just did there, you're going to find yourself getting a run on the car in front of you. And now you stick it to the inside of what would be turn six. In third gear, you brake hard. Don't lock the rears once again in the second. They can sometimes stick to your outside and maybe have the preferred line in the final corner, but we beat them there. And now we're back into the final corner. That's the three main passing zones around Watkins Glen. But what if the roles are reversed? What if you're trying to hold off a car behind you? Now that I have those cars behind me, into one, you're just gonna go to the inside as if you're making a pass, but also just try to block those cars from being able to get a run the inside. Then. Once you come off of turn one, if you broke the momentum, they're not going to be able to make a pass in the S's. There's no way. There's no way you can go too wide into here. So now you're once again going to the S's. You're going to try and maximize that exit. Try to get as much distance between yourself and the car behind you as possible because as you go into the inner loop, that is where you're going to have another opportunity for them to try and make a pass. But you'll defend. You'll go to the inside once again. Not trying to pass the car in front of you, but also trying to hold off those cars behind you. 
This is the thing about road course racing. As you look ahead, you also have to be looking behind you at times for the guy trying to make moves. Then as you go back to the carousel now, it's about putting that power down once again, getting the run so that they don't have a run on you, getting a good exit and you head off in the final passing zone, you're gonna do the same thing. Block to the inside, defend. Do not let them to the inside there. They can put their nose to the outside like you saw there, but that's not gonna work. You might even get a run like we did on this guy down in the final quarter. Don't let them run into you, get a bit of a run on the exit. And that is how you make passes and also defend from passes at Watkins Glen, which is two things you're gonna have to do if you wanna win around this fast road course. Nice little warm-up for Parker this weekend. It is Throwback Thursday. How about this? Watkins Glen first hosted racing on the Village Streets back in 1948. A permanent track wasn't built until 1956. And a year later, NASCAR made its first stop there. Hall of Famer Buck Baker won the race. He led all 44 laps. Before Kyle Busch goes for his third win at Watkins Glen this weekend, he was making the rounds in New York City today. So we'll see what he was up to in our social pit stop. That's when NASCAR America returns. Stay with us. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back, everybody. Earlier today, Hendrick Motorsports confirmed a one-year extension for driver Alex Bowman, keeping him with the team through 2020. And in addition to that, Nationwide has also signed a new two-year agreement with Hendrick. Nationwide will increase primary sponsorship of Bowman's 88 Chevy to 20 races beginning next season. After we're done here in just a few minutes, stay tuned for an all-new episode of the Dale Jr. Download. What did two young driver sons do for fun in the garage. Find out right here in just a few. Make any pit stops you need before the download. And while you do that, we are taking a social pit stop to see what is trending right now. And we start on the court. Ty Dillon and his Bass Pro Shops Cabela's team won yesterday's Dillon Brothers three-on-three -three basketball tournament in Salisbury, North Carolina. And the tournament raises money for the Childress Institute for Pediatric Trauma, which funds research and education to improve treatment for injured children. So that's a great photo there and a great cause. After the tournament, Ty headed to New York City to help promote this weekend's race at Watkins Glen. Got a bird's eye view of the Big Apple from the Pretty observation cool. deck like that. at 30 Rock. As got he notes on Instagram, he's got that big city feeling. <laughs> I love that feeling. That's my backyard. Also at 30 Rock, Kyle Busch, who made a visit to the Tonight Show set. Unfortunately, Jimmy Fallon was not home. <laughs> Neither was anybody else. But he did find an audience when he and some of his furry friends made an appearance this morning on Megyn Kelly Today. Why are we standing here holding puppies? Well, it's the uh, NASCAR on NBC Pup Series. All right. And uh, obviously, we're, we're all uh, supporting awareness of rescue and adoption throughout the next few weeks. Uh, with NASCAR, they've got their own mobile unit that go around the racetracks and kind of help raise awareness for that. Of course, my sponsors with Mars and Pedigree are huge advocates of that. I think K9 Bush is ready to rock. Oh, is that K9 Bush? Yes, yeah. Does he know it? Yeah. Let's go that your dog name would be um, Barker Kligerman. That seems to. That, that, that's nice. Do you that feel works. like that's yeah. creative enough? Yeah, it works. Canine Bush, 
Barker Kligerman, same thing. Yeah, while we're doing really, really <laughs> ridiculous things, who's your top dog for the weekend? Oh, wow. That was, that was a great let's one. Let's pull up your fantasy Let's go. Lives. Canine Bush, no way. And then uh, I don't know what Harvick's would be. And then maybe they have Barking Truex Jr. there in the 78. And then uh, Brad Keselowski. We got, who's that guy in the 96? Oh, that's Parker Kligerman and Larson in the garage. And then, you know, I had to have a conversation with myself in the mirror about this one and it was do I go for the best fantasy points or do I pick what I hopefully believe will happen and that is me winning the race. So I, I picked knew, myself. I told our producers you're going to pick yourself to win. You had to. I knew you what would. What race would I be if I did? Listen, I'm going to put you in my garage. Is that yes, cool? That's tough. Dale Jr. download. Drop them right now. We'll see you tomorrow same time, same place. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.